Welcome to the Novice No Longer Podcast, episode 15. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Novice No Longer podcast, where every week I help you build better products and get the press you deserve. Now, there are two promises that I made to myself when I launched Novice No Longer, and that was to be totally transparent and to share everything that I know. And that's why so far you've seen on the podcast and on the blog posts about app development and about getting press because that's what I know. But there is one topic that I really haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet. And that's why I'm super excited for my guest today because I have Steve Young. He ho- hosts the Mobile App Chat podcast. And of course, we get to talk about podcasting because he's a podcaster, I'm a podcaster, and it just it's a perfect match. And Steve actually has a course on his new membership site. Uh, his membership site is called App Masters. He has a course about how to start your own podcast and he he shares all, all the details with you guys here on the show. So we talk about how to t- to start a podcast like step by step and also why you might want to start a podcast and uh, the the membership site has a ton of other courses. It, it's all about kind of building a business around your apps. So if you want to turn it from a hobby into something that you're doing full time, like he has all of the classes and the courses to help you get started in that way. And towards the end of the podcast, he even he talks about his mastermind group. And it's interesting because a mastermind group is something that I've wanted to start for a while, but I just really didn't know where to start. And I had a lot of questions and I'm so glad that he came on the show because I got got to ask him all those questions and he answered all of those. So it was so helpful for me. And I know, I I absolutely know that it's going to be helpful for you. So you're going to want to listen to that. And before we get into all of that, I do want to take a break and I want to talk briefly about my sponsor. Now, this isn't a sponsor in the traditional sense, because this is my personal developer who he found out that I'm doing this podcast and he contacted me and basically wanted to cut out a deal. So He's based in Croatia. It's it's Planet 1107. And if you have an idea for an application, but you don't know where to start, you don't know what to do, just shoot them an email, ask for a quote. They'll explain everything to you. You don't even need wireframes. It's, it's crazy. They can just mock something out for you, make it. And the best part is... It's, it's 40 bucks an hour, which is unheard of. It's so inexpensive. And not only that, I've worked out a deal with them for all of my listeners. If you go through my link, which is planet1107.net slash NNL for Novice No Longer, he's going to give you 10% off of your entire order on top of those already low prices. And you, you get to keep all of the source code. So you own that, which is the most important thing. He's, he can submit it to the app store for you. You don't even need to, need to worry about that because that's complicated. Now, I, I highly recommend using Planet 1107. And again, it's planet1107.net slash NNL. Just fill out your idea, what you're working on for your application, get a quote, and I highly recommend Now, without further ado, I do want to just jump into this interview with Steve because it's so interesting. Uh, We're going to just get started and enjoy. Hey, everyone. My name is Dan, and you are listening to the Novice No Longer podcast. There is a very good chance that you actually already know today's guest. His name is Steve Young, and he is the host of the popular podcast Mobile App Chat. Uh, his show is actually one of the programs that I modeled this podcast after when I first launched, and I'm really, really excited to have him on the show today. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Well, Dan, thank you so much for the intro. I had no idea. 
Yeah. You, cool. That's I, awesome. Big Thanks. fan of the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Cool. So uh, I wanted to talk to you about two things today. The first being podcasting, because you podcast, I podcast. We both love podcasting, so I thought that would be great. And the second is going to be your new website, App Masters, which it, you just have a ton of courses there, and you're helping teach people how to build an app business, which is amazing. It's the same kind of stuff I'm doing. So, yeah. Uh, but first, I kind of want to learn more about you. What were you doing before you launched the podcast and kind of got into everything that you're doing now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was at a full-time job when I first launched a podcast, and I had nothing to do with apps, really. My day job was running marketing for a startup in San Francisco called SmartShoot, and that's, that's all I was doing. But I had an app business on the side, and I wanted to start a podcast because I really wanted to grow the app business from just a few hundred dollars a month to a real legitimate business, right? Like I was tired of it. And I wanted, I've always wanted to do a podcast. My dream job would be to be a game show host. So I'd love to do that. And I thought the podcast was a natural extension of it. And so I started it on a whim because I was on a call with one of my good friends, Paulo. And he said, you know, I've been saying it. I kept hearing myself saying, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast like week after week. And I just said, forget it. I emailed my first guest that day after our call. And I had no idea how to podcast. But I scheduled the the interview for a couple of weeks out, and within the two weeks, the guy said yes that Friday night, and we and I figured out how to podcast within two weeks before our actual call, and so that's how I first initially launched it as just my first interview, and that was back in May of 2013. And because of the podcast, I've been able to leave my full time job, earn a pretty decent living now, and I just had my first like month of five digits. I earned 10,000 in March. I share my revenues and I'm sharing it all for 2014 with the listeners of mobile app chat. And so it's been an awesome ride, but I would say like, if you're listening to Dan every single week, I would, he puts out this great show, go start a podcast of your own. And it's going to be the best thing that you've done because it's going to help you grow your consulting business. If that's what you're looking into, it's going to help you grow just other sources of revenue that you probably didn't think of existed it will fall into your lap because of the podcast. Yeah, I I really strongly encourage anybody listening here to to start their own podcast. And I kind of had the exact same experience myself because I I built my first app. I was working retail at the time, so literally Mm -hmm. nothing to do with technology. And really from there, it's grown. And I had the exact same feelings about wanting to start a podcast, but just really not knowing what to talk about or what to do or or just knowing that I wanted to start a podcast and thought that it would be so cool. And kind of when Novice no longer formed and the website formed, I was kind of thinking about my options and how to grow the website and my teaching and stuff. And the podcast was just a natural extension. And it's been one of the, the best decisions that I've made. Yeah. And you know what, Dan, like I had these doubts too, when I first started the podcast, like who would want to come onto the podcast? Like, how can I, like, what kind of questions would I even ask the person as well? Like, how do I really, yeah, how do I do anything? All these doubts popped into my head and it wasn't until you like take that first step and just email that first guest. Then you're like, okay, well I better figure it out. Like, I, and then you eventually figure it out. And now, you know, I've got a, a bunch of amazing guests and I've gotten guests lined up until like June literally. And so it, I would say like I had these same doubts and if, if you're listening to the show and you have these doubts but like what would I even talk to? I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in the app space. I wanted to talk to experts. That's why I started the podcast. You don't – all these doubts, 
you know, don't think of, think about all the value that you can bring rather than the negative thoughts about like whether you can get guests on or what, what you would even talk about that. All that stuff will come naturally to you as you get going. Now on the topic of what do you talk about? Um, I have a couple of questions for you. The first is how do you figure out like what kind of topic to podcast about? Um, and then I'll do my follow up after we go into that. Okay. So the way I figured it out, Dan, was I wanted to learn about how to grow my business in what area. So, you know, I could have done any type of podcast, more about marketing or online business. I didn't want to do that because I knew I had a side business. I knew where I wanted to be in a few years, and I was more focused on the app space. And so I said, okay, I'm going to interview successful app developers, and I'm going to interview those people, learn about the things that I was struggling with. And so I knew how to code. I built my apps but I wasn't generating income. So how do I generate income from my apps? How do I mark better market my apps? How do I design my apps really well? You know, the way the struggles that I personally have myself, those were the questions that I wanted to ask my guests. And so start with you and then yourself and like what you, where you want to go, what you, what kind of questions you're struggling with and just ask your guests and just be like, Hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I think. Now, you know, I, I get my guests to try to open up too. And so I was like, Hey, you know, when I first started the podcast, like I, I didn't know if I'd get anybody to come on and now I've got a few, you know, I've got everything, but everything lined up, but like, what kind of struggles do you go with? And, you know, allows the audience to kind of see this person as someone who's successful and knows what he's talking about, but also humanize the person in that, Hey, we're all going through struggles every day of our life. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, did you find that doing these uh, interviews and talking to these people did have a positive impact on your app download numbers and get you in the direction where you wanted to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just did an ASO update, App Store Optimization. I changed one of my more successful apps. Now, it was generating about, say, like 2 to $5 just every, every, any given day. Like I would get $1 here, $2 here. It's a paid, it's a paid app. And so it's 199 specifically focused on kids. And I called it ABC DJ, not knowing anything. You know, the mistakes I made, Dan, was I, in the keyword field, I had, com- I had spaces within the commas, right? Like I was using up a space. One of the characters were limited to 100 characters. I was using up a space, one of the characters, for the space, a little space. And so when I optimized it, now I'm doing anywhere from like 5 to $10 a day. And I have a portfolio of apps. So if you think about just like that 300% growth that I've seen just doing, I did nothing to the code. All I did was change the app name, change the keywords, and now it's doing 300% better. Like now I could go back to all the portfolio of apps I have and say, oh, wow, like I can do this. And now, you know, generating for a few hundred bucks a month, I could probably generate maybe three to four or 500 bucks a month. Now, and I, and then my next app that I'm building called Snap, like I've used every single thing that I've gotten from interviewing guests to put this, put it into this app. So from design, I felt like I was pretty good with design, but from early marketing. So I talked to people, I put a Craigslist ad up early on and I was talking to my target audience early on to using pre apps to pre launch my app, to building an email list, relatively small, but at the same time, you know, I'm building it. So I was doing a lot of different things that I was hearing from the guests and just implementing it to see what really works. Yeah, when you're talking to all those people, you have you, you have the option of like, or not the option, but you actually like here you get the advice. You can follow 
all of their suggestions and see what works. It, it, that's why it's so great to talk to so many people because uh, you have one thing, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're listen, listening to Steve's podcast, you get all the benefits of those conversations. But if you're the one that's actually going out and talking to the people that you want to talk to and asking them the questions that you want to ask, you're getting the full positive effect of that. And, apt, and you actually become the expert. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten, you know, people are emailing me about questions I'm doing clarity calls. I'm doing all these things that I was like, wait, I'm not, you know, like I, I still have a hard time calling myself an expert in the app space, but because you have a podcast, because people are listening to you, people, you know, they just assume you're an expert now because you have all this knowledge and you talk to so many people. And so if you're afraid that you're like, I'm not really an expert in this space, I'd say, you know what? You don't have to be, you'll grow into that role. And it's the role that I'm trying to get comfortable doing, but you know, not there yet, mm-hmm. but I'll get there. Yeah, well, people don't realize that simply having more information than another person is valuable. If, and even if it's a tiny bit of information, if you provide that little bit of information to somebody else, you're providing value to them, like straight mm-hmm. up. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I love your show, Dan, because you, we, I think we, you and I try to make it more conversational rather than you just constantly ask, asking questions. And it's more of a, a nice narrative rather than, you know, it's just like you and I talking in a coffee shop. But, you know, people get to hear us talk and sort of our tips on the way that we do different things. I like, I like how you do this. Which, and that, that comment right there, that's exactly how I do it. And I think it's a lot more valuable that way. And on that topic brings me to my next question, which we'll talk about how I prepare questions. And I want to ask you, how do you prep for interviews? Like, what do you have in front of you? What do you do beforehand before you get on uh, a call with somebody and go over this? So I've, I try to systemize this so that I can, I'm looking to hire somebody to kind of do more research on a guest. But what I'll typically do is I'll look at a person's LinkedIn. So let's just say there's, so Dan, we got connected because of a mutual friend that we have, Alex Barker. And I was like, he said, you got to interview Dan. Like he's great. So it's like, great. So I looked you up and I said, like, okay, you were a features editor at the verge. I was like, okay, that's perfect. Like I want to talk to Dan about how to get press. Cause I want to know how to get press. Right. And so I knew that. And then what I try to do is look up the person's LinkedIn profile. I'll do a quick Google search to see if there's past interviews on the past guest. And then there are like maybe three different topics that I want to hit on. And then the rest, I let it go naturally. And so if there's something you say, then I'm like, oh, well, let's go deeper on that particular topic. And so the one thing I want the audience to walk away with is a key point, an action item that they can take and they can do right away. And so I try to, if there's something that's particularly good that you said, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to nail down on that and then figure out like how you did it. So you, you know, in our interview, you talked a lot about how to get press and it was a really great interview, a lot of great feedback from folks. And I wanted to nail down so that people can be like, Hey Dan, here's how I'm thinking about doing it. Is this a good way? And so provide examples of what I'm trying to do and get your feedback on it. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's 90% better than what I normally receive. And so I try to keep it, I try to keep the conversation like free flowing in the beginning, organic. And then at the end, I like to end it the same way. And so one of the things that I ask every guest is, what's your favorite mobile app? And what that allows me to do is a couple of different things. One, kind of see what new apps are out there in the space. And if there's new ones, then there's been new ones that have popped up that people have told me about that have become future guests. And so that's a great source for keeping up with the space and also figuring out who future guests can be. And the, the tie-in would be easy. That email would be like, hey, Danberg just told me about this awesome app of yours. I'd love to interview you too. You know? And so it's like their social proof. Dan was already on. If you know that person, Dan, I can ask for an intro. So there's many ways I can do it. 
with, but that's one, one of my favorite questions. What's your favorite mobile app? And it's so easy to answer too. Yeah. And I think that's so important too, especially what you said about using that information to reach out to somebody because, uh, there's a book that just absolutely blew my mind and didn't at the same time. It's called influence, uh, the psychology mm-hmm. of persuasion. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the book on uh, influence and persuasion by Robert B. Cialdini, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. But it basically having the the friend, quote unquote, be like, this person told me to contact you raises your chances of hearing back from somebody just uh, so much, so much. Just uh, And even if somebody, there, there's certain like... Uh, influence and persuasion techniques where it doesn't even matter if the person knows that you're making it up, it still works. And that's why when you're watching commercials on TV and you always see like quote unquote regular people talking about liking a product and you know that they're actors, but the way that our psychology works, even though we know that they're actors, it still has a positive effect on us liking the product. And the same goes for emailing these people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great book. It's a great resource. And I've learned so much about psychology and just, yeah, like the way we can pitch different things to get people to really, really make some movement. So social proof is one. And then just having somebody kind of mention that, that app or that thing, it's another great way. And I also ask every guest, I say, Hey, you know, if there's anybody that you think would be good for the show, I'd love a referral. And I've gotten a few referrals just through that. And I just put this in my email that I send out to every guest. And so, you know, it works. There's, there's ways to grow this podcast. Yeah. So tell me about your first few episodes and how it's yeah. changed between uh, be, to be what it is today. Yeah. So the first few episodes, wow, just getting the first initial guest. So like, let's say you want to start this podcast, but you have no idea who to reach out to. One, reach out to Dan. You'd be like, Dan, I'm a big fan of your show. Like, would love, I'm, you've inspired me to start this podcast. Can, can I bring you on? Right. Like, so reach out to people you know and you admire. And it took me a while to do this because I really like Andrew Warner from Mixergy, but I didn't, he wasn't an app guy and I didn't think it made sense. And plus, like I copied so much of his show. I didn't want him to see that too, but you know, he got over it and he, he, I think he feels like, oh wow, like I inspired Steve and now we've become, we've kept in touch and we've become pretty, I wouldn't say close friends, but we've become friends. And so reach out to people, you know, in the space and start off there. Because I think a lot of times what the mistake that we tend to make is we want this big guest right away, right? We want the gain. The guy that everybody wants, like a Pat Flynn or in the app space, you know, maybe Paul from Tweetbot was a big guest of mine and he drove some downloads. And, you know, I reached out to him. I reached out to Dan from Clear really early on, Real Mac Software, really early on before I started it. And that was a big mistake because he said, no, Steve. He said, Steve, well, let me hear one of your episodes. And I sent him my first recording. He's like, well, let's hold off. And it wasn't until like maybe six months later, he finally came on to the podcast. And, you know, it was a great guest of mine. And I was like, oh, really proud. But, you know, start off with your friends. Start off with people you really admire. Start off with somebody you listen to constantly because, you know, they want to inspire different people too. And so I would start off there. And the way it's changed is, you know, I've gotten a lot better. The way when I first started, it was, it felt, robotic in a way where like I was going through a list of questions and it didn't feel as natural as I do now. And now, you know, like it will, it sounded, everything sounds funny in the beginning. Like when I first, I had this sign off and when I first did it, it felt really, really awkward and funny. Like who am I, this radio personality guy that I'm trying to do. And now it's just very natural. And so everything becomes natural, but everything was very difficult in the beginning, but you just get through it as you do more. And the way that I did it was I started with two episodes a week. So when I first started, I only had four 
episodes. When I was about to launch a podcast, I only have four episodes recorded, meaning I would only have two weeks worth if I went two, two twice a week. But I was going to start with the weekly, but I heard somebody say, like, if you want to really grow, you got to be a little bit different. And I felt like everybody was doing a lot of weekly shows. And Dan, no offense to you. I know you do a weekly show, but I was like, I got to be different. I got to do two. Let me try two. I think I can do it. And just going from one to two allowed me to grow a lot because now there's just like a hundred percent growth for maybe another hour of my time, right? Like just recording it. Now there's a lot of editing stuff involved, but I, th- I felt like that really grew it. When I went to three, now I'm like, there's so many people, one, there's so many people I know and I'm, I network with, network with. And then two, it's like, you know, the core audience I already have, they're going to download three times a week now. So it grew, grew my downloads as well. And so I would recommend going a little bit more than do the most important thing is be consistent, be consistent. So if one, once a week, once a month works for you, do that. So whatever you can do, be consistent with whatever your schedule you put in place. But then if you want to take it to the next level and be a little bit different, I would recommend going maybe twice a week if you can. And then the other tip I would give is I only record one day a week. I record everything on Wednesdays. So I know Wednesdays going in, my mentality is I'm going to be talking a lot and that's it. And what that does is a couple of different things. It allows you to really batch your interviews into one particular day. And then two, allows you to literally look busy. And so if you look at my scheduling widget, I don't have availability until late May. Right now, if I sent you an email, Dan, like, and I don't have availability until May or June, and we're talking in April, early April right now, that helps you kind of see that long line in front of a restaurant and be like, wow, that's, that, this must be a popular restaurant. I got How do I get into this restaurant? And so it, it allows me to get more bigger guests too, because now they see this long wait that I don't have, you know, like, I can't just talk to you next week. You got to wait until May or June to talk to me. And, you know, like, I think, I think that's helped out a little bit too. Uh, all this batch processing and everything you're talking about reminds me a lot of John Lee Dumas of mm-hmm. Entrepreneur on Fire, which uh, is a person that all podcasters, I think, look up to. And uh, right. Pat Flynn, he just launched Ask Pat, and that's very much the the kind of process that they're doing. Um, and it's also very important because I'd kind of fallen behind. I usually have about four weeks in advance, although I'm trying to get that closer to six of podcasts ready to go. Then I kind of fell behind and I was struggling to, to keep up. And as we are right now, I actually had my computer die. My computer is currently at the Apple store being repaired. I am on my fiance's computer and oh, this no. podcast we're recording right now is going to be going live tomorrow. So nice. <laughs> I have a a lot of work to do once we end this call, but it's, it's definitely in a much better place to be in if you're preparing ahead of time and you have all of those weeks scheduled. And I highly recommend it, and I need to take that advice myself. Yeah, yeah, and I would batch. I, I started batching my editing process too. And so what, I, what batching allows you to do, Dan, is I took two weeks off from recording. So this is, a my, this is my typical day to interview people, not be interviewed. But And so this allows me to do stuff like this. Like I can talk to you. I can get interviewed on other podcasts. And I, I batched a couple of different interviews. So before this, I was just on another podcast being interviewed. So it allowed me to batch different things too. And it just keeps you sane. Like honestly, it keeps me sane because I couldn't do this every week. I tried it. I did this. I did this. Like I try to work around everybody else's schedule and it just wasn't scalable. It wasn't repeatable. So my whole thing is make it repeatable. And then if you batch it, it becomes repeatable. You're not working on other people's schedule. You're working on it for your own schedule. Things that you put into place that allows you to say, 
I'm doing interviews this particular day. My mentality is ready for that day. And it'll keep you sane because doing this, I mean, doing three a week now, I do five recordings on Wednesdays and I'm tired after the end of the day. I'm energized, but tired. And I like having these past couple of weeks off where I don't interview anybody. And now I have enough episodes still in the bank to last me the next two weeks, even though I took the last two weeks off. So it helps you just keep, just be sane. Yeah, I Definitely need to do that talking to you about this. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Once this is edited, I'm going to get that all set up because I, I really, really need to. Um, so tell me about your podcast setup. Like, what kind of equipment do you use? What do you record into all that fun stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I have this course that I do, How to Launch a Podcast, on appmasters.co. I'm going to give away everything that you need to know to start your own podcast. So grab a mic. It doesn't matter what kind of mic, really. You can do it off your iPhone headset. That doesn't really matter as much. And so I would say the – I know people get caught up on the technical. I use a Rode Podcaster, and I have this stand, so it looks really cool. But you don't need all that stuff. The Rode Podcaster is about 200 bucks. But you can start with a blue snowball. That's what I first started out with. It's a blue snowball mic. It's about, I think, $50. Get a pop filter with it too, and then get really close to the pop filter when you're talking. That's the, that's how you, I mean, the mic is good, but the audio quality goes down when you're not really close to it. So buy a pop filter if you're going to go that route. But you know, if you want to start with just your iPhone headset, do it. It doesn't really matter. You want to be repeatable, right? And so do that. And then I will record on Skype. There's a program called Ecamm Recorder that you can install. It's a Skype plugin. You can hit record once you get on the Skype call. And it'll even do video. It's about $20. Go buy that. So it's called Ecamm Recorder. And I'll put links then, to all of this in the show note too for all the people listening. Yeah, cool. And then the, the way I use to edit it is I use GarageBand. It's free. If you have a Mac, it's free. You can use Audacity. I used to use Audacity to edit it. And so, and if you want to find intros, I used Fiverr when I first started to find like the, you know, the intro music and then the outro music and the professional voiceover. But there's a friend of mine called, or big fish worldwide. I don't know. There's a, there's a banner on mobile app chat that you can find, but he does really cool intros and it's really affordable too, but you could put all of this in place. The tools that I highly recommend is Ecamm recorder. And then Dan, I told you about this tool, but schedule once. So schedule once.com. It allows you to just send a link to your guests and say, here's my schedule interview schedule, pick a time that works best for you. So rather than going back with flat back and forth on email and be like, does this time work? Does this time work? You just use schedule once it's, there's a free plan so you can use the free plan, but uh, it syncs with your calendar too. So when somebody books the time, it goes into your Gmail calendar and just puts you in there. It puts everything in there. So it's a really cool tool schedule once to, to land interviews. And then for the editing, the podcast, so I use GarageBand to piece everything together with the intro music and everything else. And then I use a tool called Ophonic. I think that's how you say it, Ophonic. And Ophonic will level all the noises. And so, you know, sometimes we come in high or when I do my intro music, that's a little bit higher than our recording. So Ophonic levels it all out so that it's one nice, clean level. And then I like this tool because it also publishes to Libsyn, who hosts, who hosts most podcasts. So Libsyn.com, it'll publish to that, to your account and also to SoundCloud. So I just signed up for SoundCloud too. And I publish on both those things, but you know, that's all you really need to get a podcast going. Like I said, make it repeatable. So if that's all daunting to you, then just do a stinking Google hangout and like get the MP3 and just publish that. You want to make it repeatable so that you get into a groove and then you'll figure things out along the way. Don't let design, don't let technical things hold you back. Just get on a 
as a Google Hangout. You don't even need intro music. Just be like, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. Here's what our show is about. And then just get into it. So whatever's the easiest, the least barriers to get into start podcasting, do that and then go with it. And I actually had a question for you about Ophonic, which is the mm-hmm. level kind of system. Because before this came out, everybody used to use Levelator, which mm-hmm. I think this new service is made by the same people I heard, I think. But I was so confused by Ophonic because it's like a smartphone app, but then they have like a desktop service. But to use the desktop service, it's like 60 bucks for uh, a non-commercial license and even more for a commercial license. And I, wh- which one do you use? What's your, what's your process like for using that service? I thought it was free. So I have a free plan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, is it like I, a web, like you upload it to their server or something? Yeah, use Ophonic for free. So, yeah, okay. it's a web. I just do it on the web. I don't use an iPhone, the app, or at all. I was looking at the download version, so the desktop version then. Ah, uh, okay. No, I just do it all through the web. And okay. so what Ophonic does, oh, the one neat thing about it, too, is it can have presets. So, you know, I mean, this is getting really geeky about podcasting, but each MP3, you need to put a little, some metadata. So like the headline, you need to put the description and you can put some artwork with the episode. And so with Ophonic, it allows you to do that, a preset. And so all your, the show name, the podcast category, the year, everything, your L, your, I think copyright, all this stuff, you can, it's all preset. You can just do it once. I used to do it like all the time. And so... Ophonic made it really easy. I have a preset that says mobile app chat, and then it pre-populates all the important information right off the bat. And then it allows you to batch, too. So I upload, like, six episodes. Of, you know, I edit six episodes at a time, and then I can upload all six MP3s, and, and Ophonic will, you know, level all of them and then get them out to Libsyn and SoundCloud as well. I need to really do that because right now I use GarageBand too. And I should note that the new GarageBand, the GarageBand 10 or whatever it is, doesn't uh-huh. do podcasts anymore. You have to use the older 6.0.5, I think it is. Um, you've, you've seen that too, right? I, I don't. Do you record in GarageBand or do you just. I don't do you... record in GarageBand. I record. I actually use, uh, what is it? Audio Hijack Pro. And that's how I record it. And then I edit in GarageBand, but they don't have like an option to make podcasts, which is so much easier in terms of time and doing all this kind of stuff for me. You, yeah. You're able to use the new one for it? Yeah, I use the new one for it. And so I think I know what you're talking about. Like it becomes really, it's a really weird setting. Like you can't just hit like the, the old one was like, you can just do a new one and you can record right off of your edit right? Like, I think you do a little talk before the interview and like, Hey, here's who this guy is about and blah, blah, blah. And I do that too. But what I noticed that I have to create a new file for all my intros. So I, I do record all my intros first. And then I have this template where I have ads all set up within the timeline. And I drag the, the interviews into that. And then, yeah, I have the, 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 the intro music, the outro music, and my ad reads all in a timeline. So I just drag and drop in the interview on there and then drag it, you know, import the, the intro that I just put into it. And then, you know, like I edit off of that and then I export it and then I, I put it into a phonic. Mm. See, I, I need to reevaluate my entire system because everything you're talking about makes it sound so easy and I do so much more <laughs> stuff, but everybody listening here, I do things 
like 20 times harder than Steve is doing it. And I'm still getting this podcast out. So even if you're doing it wrong or you don't have the optimized way, because I think so many people get stuck on the learning stage and they'll just keep reading articles and they'll keep listening to podcasts and they'll keep finding more books and they'll read, read, read and absorb, 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 but never actually do anything. And the key here is just to do it. Just do it really. Well, what advice would you give anyone that wants to do a podcast, Dan? I mean, like like you said, go out and email the very first guest and record your conversation and yeah, I follow your tutorial and get it published. Yeah, like don't even worry about anything else. Just mm-hmm. go ask them. And then there's another software like you can do it on Google Hangout, right? You just do it for free and then turn that video file into an MP3. And then you figure out everything else later. Mm-hmm. One of the the things that I, I realized when I launched my first blog, which was just IamDan.com, is uh-huh. I was nervous when I was first posting because I didn't think I, I didn't like any of the things that I was really posting. Like I did, but like I just kind of felt embarrassed about it. I, I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was experimenting. I wasn't on topic. I was all over the place. And what I did is I went to some of my favorite blogs and like really successful blogs and went back to their very, very first posts, like went through their archive and found it. And the one that strikes out in my mind is hyperbole and a half which is the very popular blog that mixes the the long funny texts with images and it deals with a bunch of serious issues it's just an absolute amazing amazing blog but i went back to the very very first post ever on hyperbole and a half and there are zero comments it's just really short and it it reminded me a lot of my very first stuff and you have to remember that if you've been posting or doing a podcast for a year, you can say you've been a podcaster for a year and everybody's going to see your new stuff. Hardly anybody's going to go back and you're just going to be that person who you are after all of that practice. And just getting started is so, so important. Yeah. 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 I agree. And you know, when I used to, when I first started the podcast, I used to edit a lot. And so if there's a, there's, if there was a gap where we'd be silent, I try to edit that out and I would listen to the whole interview again and then edit, if a guest said ums a lot, I had a guest that would say ums before like he answered any questions. And I was like, oh my goodness, like it's driving me crazy just listening to it again. So I would edit all this stuff out and I, I try to make it really polished. But I've learned that the listeners are like, I actually like it when you make mistakes. And you know, you recognize when you made a mistake. Oh, we just goofed up. Like, and people like it. And so I'm like, I do these solo episodes now where I drop the mic. I was like, oops, I just dropped the mic. And I tell them, I'm not editing this. I'm not doing anything. And people tend to like that a little bit more than this whole professional, like we have to be a radio show type of thing. So you don't let these barriers get in your way. Yeah, it has personality. Yeah. So I that was so valuable with podcasting. I want to move forward a little bit into App Masters, which is, it's a site, you have a bunch of courses there, you're teaching people how to be build an app business. So how did that entire big thing come to be? So it's all about what, I think the one thing that I did right, if there's anything I did right, was leverage the things that I was already doing. So I'll take a step back, started the podcast, leverage that allowed me to leave my full-time job. And so my revenue is made up of Consulting clients, my own app business, a mastermind, and sponsorships for the podcast. So I started a mastermind because I was a part of a mastermind. John Lee Dumas's mastermind, actually, Fire Nation Elite. And it's been, it was one of the most valuable things I've ever done. So I met a couple, a bunch of great people in there and allowed me to put something in place in terms of a plan to leave my full time job. And so I did that. 
And I started my own mastermind because I saw how much valuable being a part of a mastermind was. I wanted to focus just on the app space. So I started my own mastermind with the listeners. And I started with just 10. I said, hey, I'm going to start with just 10. And I'm going to grow it into 20. And then I'm going to grow it into 30. And so now I have 22. Never reached 30. Doesn't matter. But that mastermind, within the mastermind, I knew all along that I wanted to bring actionable content to them that was more exclusive content. And I knew that I could leverage this content that I was building for the mastermind to this app master's course. Now, wait, and what do you mean by app mastermind? Explain that a little bit more. Great question. So if you're not familiar with the mastermind, a mastermind is just a group of people together committed. So the one thing is committed to helping each other out and helping them each, helping each other grow into, yeah, grow their business. And so it's usually my mastermind is all app folks. So app developers, app designers, people in the app business that want to grow their app business. And we help each other out. We get on weekly hangouts. It's a paid membership. And so people pay to be part of this mastermind. I pay to be part of my mastermind. You need to have to pay because I feel like if you do a free one, people are just not going to value it and people aren't going to show up. And so part of the mastermind is you, we, we, we meet every week on a hangout. And so I use GoToMeeting, but you can use Fuse. There's a great, it's like a GoToMeeting competitor, but it's free. I use that for a little bit, but I really like GoToMeeting. So I, I ended up paying for it. But you can use Fuse and you do these Google Hangouts or just Hangout where you talk about, what you're struggling with, and how the rest of the group can help. And you also talk about goals. So my, our friend, our mutual friend, Alex Barker, wrote, he has this great Udemy course and wrote this book about you know, how, to, how to start your own mastermind. I highly recommend you checking that out. But essentially the format is every week you get together, you open. I open with, did you accomplish your goals from last week that you said you were going to accomplish? Give us a personal victory from last week. And then, you know, everybody does that. We go around the horn and do that. And then one person gets into the hot seat, talks about their business, their app business, what they've learned from it, what they need help in, any feedback that they want within their particular app they may be launching. And then we end it with goals for next week and say, hey, here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to get done for next week. And I publish it and we're in a part of a private Facebook group that we all kind of communicate. So that's our communication channel is a Facebook group. But then we all hang out and then on video on audio every week and we pick a time that works best for everybody. And so that's my mastermind. That's, that's interesting. See, I, I was, I'm actually in the process of trying to set something like this up for myself after listening to Jamie Tardy, who uh-huh. is the writer author of eventual millionaire who talks a little bit about this as well. Um, I had not heard about the whole paid membership thing. Now who is getting that money? That seemed like the, the person that's organizing it and who is that? Like, how does that whole system work? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. You, you if you run, if you said I'm going to run my own mastermind, Dan, you would be the person that gets paid. So I get paid from the 20 or so folks that are part of my mastermind, and the the price that I came up with was 290 a quarter, just because that's how much I paid. And so I don't I don't really know what the right price should be, but I felt like 290 was affordable enough, and it was high enough where people were serious. They're going to be serious about wanting to really contribute and support every person. And so you do that. Here, here are all the tools I use for the mastermind. Keep it simple. I use PayPal to accept payment. And within PayPal, you can have subscriptions. And so you say $2.90 per quarter, and then you get this little link that you can send to people. And so when I first started launching it, I said, hey, I'm going to do this mastermind. Give them a reason why you're doing it. So I said, I want to do this mastermind because I'm part of a mastermind. It's so valuable. But I want to really focus on the app space. And I pay for Mixergy Premium, which is sort of like a treehouse. Andrew Warner from Mixergy. 
where they do courses. So it's kind of like at masters, but just for online business in general. I said, you know what? That's great. I pay for that too. And I want to bring those, I want to merge the two together with our mastermind. So I'll, we'll have this community of supportive people. And we'll also have these courses where I'll bring on people and we'll talk about like a deep dive course. So I did that. I told them, I said, go check out, you know, mobile app club.com. I think I was put mobile app chat club.com. And so people have to apply for this mastermind. They tell, I ask them some simple questions and then I set up a 15 minute call with every single person that's interested within that call. I ask different questions. Like, are you part of a mastermind? Have you ever been a part of a mastermind? If you have, like, what are the things that you really like about it? Cause I want to sort of format it in a way that people really like. So most people have not. And so that's what you're going to fall into, which is fine. And I think it's great because then it's your first that you get to be the first experience and you get to really make it a, a valuable resource. And then I ask them like, you know, what are some concerns that you have for joining this mastermind? What I heard most from most people was that I just want motivated people. And so I think the community aspect is a huge part of the mastermind. You get to meet some awesome folks. And I have people all over the world in my mastermind. It's insane the reach that you're able to get just because you started this mastermind. And then what I do is like I use the Fuse. I used to use Fuse a lot because it's free. It's a free Hangout and you can have more than 10 people. So if you just, I also use Google Hangouts for another mastermind I'm a part of with Alex Barker. And so you can use Google Hangouts. You can use all these free tools. Then you set up a private Facebook group for everybody to communicate. And then I tried different platforms in terms of communication, like a forum or even Google Plus communities. Facebook by far was the most active because everybody's already on it. And so it makes it really easy for people to communicate with each other. Hey, I just launched my new app. Can you guys go rate it? Hey, I'm checking out this service or, Hey, I'm having problem with parse. Anybody out there that's done anything with it. So you get all this community effort and people are helping each other out, which is amazing. And so that's all you really need to do. And I think the, the, the most important thing is that I learned that charging you obviously need to charge for people that really get serious about it. And I got some negative feedback from people who are like, why are you charging? This is BS. Like what, what in the world would you do that? And so I had maybe like 30 people interested when I first talked about it. And then, you know, I started with the first 10 and then I got 20 and I was like, Oh, I got to push myself to get to 30. Right. Like I got to do it because I felt like 20 was a good number, but then I pushed myself to get to 30 and I got to like 22 and I was like, okay, this is good. Like I'm not really interested in, getting more people. If people want to join, fantastic, but that's not a big goal of mine anymore because I feel like it's a good number to be, be at right now. I agree. And I agree definitely with you in terms of having people pay and for paying for things that it mm-hmm. really just, it makes people more involved and more interested. Like you can give away content for free and people will have it and download it and yay, free stuff and then never look right. at it again. But ha- having the money there just psychologically change it, changes it and really it improves the dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, this has been just such such a really informative talk. And I thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Cool. Big so, fan of the show. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Just go to mobileappchat.com. You'll hear the podcast. If you do want to check out App Masters, I would say go check out the free stuff. Make sure you like what I'm doing on Mobile App Chat. And if you like that, if you want to take it to the next level, go check out appmasters.co. Sort of like the level of engagement that you like to have. Check out the free stuff first. Make sure you like me as a person. And then go check out appmasters.co if you want more actionable content that's more focused on a particular topic. So I go deep on a particular topic. 
So one of my one of my favorite courses that I just put out there was how to build a pre-launch community, and it was step by step. Here's how you absolutely do it. And he, you know, the guy who taught the course has over 400 people already interested in his game, and he's not even halfway done with the game yet. And so it's a really great course with just actionable content, step by step. So it's a no-brainer. You can go take it home and do it yourself. But that's the type of things that I do with AppMasters.co. So. Check out the free stuff. Make sure you like the free stuff first. And then if you're interested, go check out at masters.co. Yeah. And I haven't looked at all of your courses, but I saw your one on podcasting and really, really great. Like all the stuff we talk about today, it goes into full detail, actionable steps. So yeah, if you're interested in that, definitely check out Steve's uh, class on that. Well, thanks, Dan. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thanks. And there you have it. If you've ever wanted to start a podcast, you have all of the information you need in order to just go out there and start it. This is so useful. This is exactly what I did to launch Novice No Longer, and I highly recommend you guys do it too. If you've enjoyed this, please log on to iTunes, leave me a review, rate it. It really, really helps me out. And uh, until next week, have a good one. Bye.